0: City First, how's everybody doing? You guys doing good? I'm glad that you are here. Let me take a moment and just say a very special hello to everyone joining us today in Janesville, Wisconsin for our experienced City First church service. We are so glad that you are with us. Come on, everybody, give Janesville a round of applause. So glad. And you know what? We just would love for you to be a part of the future of City First here at Janesville. Um, you know, God's opening doors, and we cannot wait to officially launch that location in 2024. But for the rest of us, too, I'm glad that you're here, whether you're Cape Coral, God Behind Bars, Dixie and Harden, at Hardy, and also everyone at City First Anywhere. We're just so excited that you're here. And we are in this series called The Future Starts Now. In other words, we're talking about... Becoming the person that God wants you to be in 2024, and we're getting really practical this uh, this month because we want to give you actually steps on how to have a God-centered 2024, and that is going to be a great a great year. God really has a great plan for each and every one of us. Um, I believe this. As long as you have breath, you have purpose which means as long as you're still alive, God has a purpose for you. But in that purpose, and even in this year, making it everything God wants it to be, there are certain responsibilities that we have, and there are certain responsibilities that God has. And there's things that we control, and there's things that only God controls. And we only control so much, but we need to be good stewards Of what we control. In other words, what we do control, let's make sure we're making the right choices to build the future that God wants and ultimately that we want also. If you're in business, you probably heard of the name Peter Drucker before. He said a very famous quote. He said this, the best way to predict the future is to create it. That's a really, really powerful statement. For what we can control, let's try to create the future and leave the rest up to God, the things that we can't control. But you know what? The future starts now. Uh, singing this uh, week, it might be really a, a fun thing if somebody would ever invent a magic remote, kind of like what you have for your TV, that you know, you could do like when you're watching your favorite streaming service, or even now, even live TV has this, where you could pause it And if you want to, you could rewind it and go back to the beginning. Wouldn't it be nice if life was like that? Wouldn't it be nice that, like, you had a bad day, you could pause it, and then you could rewind it and do it all over again, right? But do it different? I mean, it would be really nice to have kind of like a restart. Uh, Many, many years ago, when our oldest son, Caden, was a freshman in high school here at Christian Life, He brought this beautiful young girl in his class by the name of Emma to come to go to homecoming, and they had a great time. You know, so obviously our family interacted with her, and uh, later on in the fall during the football season, um, the Chicago Bears were playing the Denver Broncos, and our family, the DeWart family, we are diehard Bears fans, which means that we live in a constant state of depression. Except for Connor, our middle son. He's a 49ers fan. I'm not even sure he's really our son. But uh, anyway, uh, this year he's picked it right. Uh, But anyway, um, on Instagram, this girl that Caden had brought to homecoming had posted on her Instagram feed a, a logo from the Denver Broncos and said, Go Broncos! And so I thought I'd have a little fun, and I got on uh, her comments, and I said, wait, what? And then she commented back, well, you know, she was born in Denver and grew up in Denver. And I commented back to her, I'm like, yes, but you're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The past sins are forgiven. It's time to move forward, you know? Well, anyway, the Bears lost, go figure. And uh, about a day later, uh, this girl, she posted a separate post on Instagram. And it was a verse that said that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and tagged me, (laughs) tagged me. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you want to play. All right, you know. So anyway, I thought that was pretty awesome, and so I commented on her post. I go, ha-ha, and I put a little emoji there of, you know, the finger pointing up, you know, basically saying ha-ha about that. Well, anyway, days went by, and... Um All of a sudden, Caden's blowing up my phone. I'm in this meeting. And I mean, like, he keeps calling me and I text him. I'm like, buddy, I'm in a meeting. Is this like an emergency? And uh, he texted back. He goes, well, kind of, because when you posted on her post, ha, ha, and the little like emoji of the finger pointing up, it wasn't the finger pointing up. It was actually the middle finger. And and so he's like, you might want to pull that down right away. So in essence, to this little freshman girl, I basically was like, ha, ha, you know? (laughs) which is kind of what Bears fans do. But anyway, (laughs) so I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, it had been a great time to have the magic remote, right? To kind of go back, pause, rewind, do that over again, you know? Wouldn't it be great to have that? I mean, like some of you, you might've dated somebody in 2023 and they were a loser. And uh and you're like, oh man, if I could pause and rewind and change that channel, um, or maybe, maybe like at Christmas, you know, all of a sudden you got in a uh, you know a conversation about current politics with your uncle or whatever, and oh man, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that over again, um, or whatever it is. Maybe it's a small mistake. Maybe it's a big mistake. Maybe it is a small wrong choice, or maybe you've made some big wrong choices and you just wish that you had that magic remote that you could pause and rewind and do it all over again and do it different. You know, you wish you had a restart. Now, I I know you're all waiting for me to tell you a verse that talks about how you can go back in time or a magic remote or something like that, and there isn't one, unfortunately. I don't want to disappoint you. We can't time travel. Um, I wish we could. But I am here to tell you that there are many verses, and there's a theme in the Bible that talks about God giving us a restart. Now, we can't go back and do it over again. We can't go back in time and play it out differently. Unfortunately, what's done is done. It is what it is. But, God gives us the ability today, regardless of our past, to have a new beginning. In fact, there's even a verse, and we quote it often here, it says that God's mercy is new every morning. Which means that you wake up and you got new mercy for that day. Even if you spent it all yesterday, you got new mercy for today. So, for you to move Forward in 2024, you have to get past your past. That's what we're going to talk about today getting past your past. And here's the problem 99% of the people I talk to have trouble getting past their past, and the other 1% are lying. All of us, it doesn't matter if you've been walking, following Jesus, walking with Jesus for decades or maybe you're here for the very, very first time and you're peeking in the window of City First trying to figure out whether or not this whole God thing is real. I'm telling you, all of us struggle getting past our past. We, we, we forget the things we did right, but oh man, do we wake up in the middle of the night and remember the things we did wrong. All the time, right? So we're gonna talk about getting past your past, and before you can move forward, you have to reconcile with your past. It doesn't mean that that, that you forget it because sometimes it's hard to forget, but you, you basically learn from it, but you move forward, but you don't live in the past. So God is the designer of a restart, it's his idea. In fact, he's the one that came up with this idea of beginning again and having a new life. And and you know what? It's better than anybody else's version of a restart. God gives us grace, like the song that is amazing. He gives us strength. He He gives us the ability to move forward. But really, God's most powerful gift that he gives us is this word, forgiveness. And God does have the ability to forgive and forget. We don't. We may forgive somebody that's hurt us or wronged us, but we still remember God says that he will forgive and he removes it from us and he, does, he pretends like it never even happened. That, I mean, that's hard for us to comprehend, but we're not God. That's why we can't do it. And for us to have a proper restart, we need to be forgiven and released from the debt of our wrong choices that we've made in the past. You can't move forward if you are tied to your past. So God really is the author of the second chance and some of us the third chance and fourth chance and fifth chance. He is the author of a restart and I'm here today to tell you you are a perfect candidate for a restart no matter what you have done or you haven't done. It doesn't matter who you are, how much you have, how much you've accomplished in life or any of that, we all need a restart. And as long as you stay tethered to the mistakes and the wrong choices of your past, you will limit the potential of your future. Do you hear that? In fact, let me give you a little illustration of this. As long as you continue to say, I am going to tether myself to the choices of my past. In other words, I'm going to tie myself to the past. I'm gonna to try to bring the past into my future. God has a bright future for you in 2024. He has open doors of opportunity. He has blessing for you. He has resource for you. He has most importantly relationship with you. And, and he wants that relationship to grow. But if you tie yourself to the past, the more you try to move towards your future, but drag the past into your future, it closes the door of your future. Does that make sense? Like you may have all of these goals and dreams and aspirations and your prayers are like, God, I really desire this. But as long as you stay tethered to the past, no matter how much you try to strive for the future, but you're bringing the past with you, it is going to close the door of opportunity. I want you guys to see this illustration because this is what we do as people all the time. In fact, uh, there's a little saying out there, when the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. <laughs> and his future is not good. He will be defeated completely one day. Also, another thing its interesting, before you give your life to Jesus, it's interesting how the enemy whispers into your heart and into your mind, oh, you're okay. You're good with God. You're a good person. You're going to heaven. Like, like he makes you feel okay about yourself. But the minute you give your life to Jesus, now all of a sudden he makes you feel bad about yourself. He amplifies every wrong choice that you've made or are making. And he makes you try to feel defeated. Isn't it interesting? He can't make up his mind. And so that's why we can't listen to the enemy. And honestly, we can't even listen to our own hearts many times because most of us will focus on our failures way more than we focus on our successes. And so what do we got to do? We got to listen to God. And God really does have a future for us that is bright. In fact, You know, Jesus himself said, I came to give life and life to the fullest. It doesn't mean that it's a carefree life. You don't struggle with things. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you won't encounter hardship. But what he's saying is is this, I'm going to give you a life that is a blessed life. I'm going to be with you in it. I'm going to make you an overcomer. But for that to happen, we have to disconnect ourselves and untether ourselves from the past. When we do that, when we leave the past in the past, you know what, we can learn from the past we hopefully will change looking at the past into our future and God will help us to do that but this is the thing when we aren't tether ourselves from the past then we have the ability to walk through the door of opportunity that God has for us <laughs> remember that little illustration the next time that you you want your head goes backwards it's like driving a car. When you drove here today, if you drove here today, you did not drive here 90% of the time looking in the rearview mirror. If so, you would crash. And in the same way with our lives, we can't move forward by 90% of the time looking backwards. And even, I'm gonna even put it into a different category, not just the wrong choices that we've made that we're you know, kind of carrying baggage from, but even the good times, like, like listen, The best days are not behind you. They were good days. They were good days. But the best days are still ahead of you. Some of us believe, you know what? All my purpose, all my good days, all the good things happened in the past and now I'm just gonna have to slug it through life and struggle well and I'm just gonna have to make it. No, 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 no. God wants to, you to untether yourself from the past, even, even honestly, even the good things in the past because he has better things for you in the future. God is a God of yes and amen and tomorrow. He's not a God that just makes us live in the past. Now listen, we can thank God for the past or we can disconnect from the past if it's bad things, but at the end of the day, God has a bright future in 2024 and God's forgiveness Unlocks the best future for our lives. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. The Apostle Paul wrote the majority of what we now call the New Testament. Um, these were originally letters, and this was a letter to the Church of Corinth. And he said this: he goes, All of this is a gift from God. What is all this? All of like the past is in the past. Um, God gives us forgiveness, mercy new every morning, he gives us a restart, Jesus is our our savior, all of this is a gift. And basically it says, who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. In other words, once we've been reconciled with God through forgiveness, then we need to tell others about it, all right? For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Listen, this is the part I want you to notice. No longer counting people's sins against them. So guess what? God doesn't count your sin against you once you ask for forgiveness You shouldn't count your sin against you once you've asked for forgiveness. We've been reconciled with God. What is reconciliation? What does that mean? Well, the word reconcile means to bring back into relationship. So in other words, very simply, our wrong choices, the Bible calls it sin, our wrong choices has separated us from our creator. In fact, we don't have a relationship with God because of our sin. But once we acknowledge our sin, we ask for forgiveness for our sin, we realize that Jesus died on a cross. We celebrate Easter, Good Friday, Easter that weekend. All right, he died on a cross and he paid the penalty for my wrongdoing and for your wrongdoing. In other words, he paid a debt that you and I can't pay. When we acknowledge that we've sinned, we ask for forgiveness and realize, realize Jesus paid the debt, at that moment, we are brought into relationship with our creator. In other words, we are reconciled with God. Now, the word reconcile in the Greek, which was the original language that the New Testament was written in, it had a few different meanings that maybe our English word reconcile, we don't see it. So if you go back into the Greek Uh, word for reconcile, it means this. It means to change and exchange. Let me say that again. It means to change and exchange. In other words, we exchange our sin and give it to God. He gives us forgiveness and then he begins to change us. Remember how I talked about how reconciliation is a gift from God? Well, God gives us the gift of forgiveness and a new life and we give him our wrong choices and our past. Let me give an illustration of this. Um, at Christmas, um, many of you went to Christmas and, and uh, you know, maybe family or friends or, or whatever. Maybe it was a business uh, Christmas party or whatever. You bring a gift, right? You bring a gift for someone and they bring a gift for you. And it's a little gift exchange, right? And so here's the gift exchange that God has with us. We bring to him our trashy decisions. We bring to him our wrong choices, our bad motivations, our pride, our selfishness, our anger, our hate. We bring to him uh, the wrong things that we've done. We bring it all to him and we say, God, here here is my gift to you. I'm giving you all of the wrong things that I've done. I am sorry, forgive me, For all of my trashy choices. You know what Jesus does? At that moment, God says, I'm going to give you a present. I'm going to give you a brand new start. I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to give you new mercy. I'm going to give you grace that you do not deserve. I mentioned that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. All the things that I've done, I give to God. And I say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe you died on a cross to pay the price for all the wrong that I've done. Forgive me. And God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive and I'm going to forget. And I'm going to give you the gift of new life and a new start. Isn't that amazing? Kind of feels like God is getting a little bit of the short end of the stick on this. But he wants to do it. Why? Because he loves you. His love is greater than his desire to have an even exchange. Do you hear that? He loves you so much that you can give him your trash and he will give you his treasure. He will give you new life, forgiveness, his presence. I mean, a great exchange. Again, reconciliation, reconcile, change, and exchange. As we exchange gifts, you could say, God begins to change us, and we are changed when we exchange our sin for God's gift of forgiveness. Paul, the same guy, wrote another letter to a church in Ephesus, and this is what it said. It said this when God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Again, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. I mean, I mean, honestly, there's no good in here. I mean, you might say, well, I gave a little bit of money to the Salvation Army guy ringing the bell, you know, and stuff, and I tried not to cuss out, you know, my, my coworker, and, um, and, you know, I, I didn't get mad at the barista for messing up my drink, and so I'm a good person. No, 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 that's trash. <laughs> That's still trash. Okay, listen, you cannot be good enough. I cannot be good enough. Why? Because God is perfect and we cannot be perfect. So therefore, we bring him all of our brokenness, our imperfection. We have not done good in our own. In fact, the the Bible says there, no one can boast about it. There's nothing to boast about here. But instead, when we make the exchange, we are God's masterpiece. In other words, he's forming us into a new creation. He created us anew. Everybody say the word anew. One, two, three, anew. What? In Christ Jesus. So that we can do good things that are planned a long, long time ago. And so here's the thing. We are anew in Christ. When we make that exchange, we are anew in Christ. What do we get? We get a new life, a new future, a new hope, a new mind, a new start, a new heart, you are anew in Christ when you ask for forgiveness and make that exchange. You know, I, I'd say it this way, um, every day I make the exchange. Every day I make the exchange. In fact, um, really life is a series of restarts. You don't just do one restart. Now, you may ask Jesus to be your leader and, and forgiver one time, but that doesn't mean that you do everything right after that, amen, right? Right? I mean, you are forgiven in an instant of all your sin, but that doesn't mean all your habits change. I mean, old habits die hard, right? So, you know, we make wrong decisions. We drift. We, we do bad things. And, and we have to every day go and say, God, I'm bringing the trash again. I'm bringing this to you and I'm saying, God, forgive me. And you know what God does? He goes, I'm giving you a brand new start. I'm giving you a clean slate. I'm gonna give you new mercy this morning. You know, here in, uh, in the Rockford area, um, the trash is put out uh, once a week. But I'm telling you as a Christ follower, you need to put out the trash every single day. <laughs> God forgive me, yesterday I had a bad attitude. Yesterday I said some mean things to my spouse. Yesterday I lost it on my kids. Yesterday I, whatever it is, you bring the trash. You bring the trash you say, God, forgive me, forgive me, I need, a, I need a restart, I need a new beginning, I need your mercy. Some of you might have gotten a little, a little mad yesterday and cussed a little bit and threw some things at the TV when Green Bay lost, you know? Um, or maybe some people like me um, texted some Green Bay Packer fan friends of mine and said some really fun things. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring that to God. God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. forgive me misery loves company as a Bears fan (laughs) big things small things compromise things that we deal with every day bring them the trash every day God forgive me as I exchange I want to change I'm not going to be tethered to my past You know, just real quickly, um, we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and there's all kinds of people across City First, all locations that are doing it. And if you aren't, uh, we still got another week, and it's not too late. You can go on our app or on a website, and and every day we have a little. Uh, we call it a devotional. It's a couple of paragraphs and it's some scripture and stuff, and we love for you to read it, and then just take a few minutes and pray. So that's why we do it. We say for 21 days we do it in January. We do it again in August because we kind of want it to be like an intensified, focused time of spiritual growth. All right. It's a Good time to do it at the beginning of the year. Everybody's thinking about their physical health, um, but I will tell you the most important part of you is your spiritual health. And yes, please work on physical health, but more importantly, work on spiritual health. So that's why we do it. And growth for humans, for us, we grow in spurts. Like we do it physically. Like anybody have kids and all of a sudden it was like, it just seemed like overnight they, they outgrew their pants. You know, you're like, what happened? Well, they hit a growth spurt. Well, in the same way, spiritually, it's like us as God's kids. We hit growth spurts. Um, We, like, even around northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin here, we grow a lot of corn. They plant the corn in the spring. It grows a lot in the spring, really grows in the summer. I mean, like, when it's warm out and there's lots of rain, I mean, it just shoots up knee high by the 4th of July, and then all of a sudden it's above your head, right? And then you get into the fall, and they harvest it. But corn doesn't grow year round it has a growing season and in the same way you're going to find in your spiritual walk there's going to be seasons where you have growth spurts and then sometimes growth slows down and then spurts again and and this 21 days this is your season to grow and this is what i want you to focus on for this week i want you to focus on understanding god's thoughts about you how do you know what god thinks about you you get into his word you, you read these devotionals that we provide for you every day through the app or through the website. Why is it important? Well, I love what C.S. Lewis said. He was a theologian. He also wrote a lot of books, like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, and and the Chronicles of Narnia series. Um, You may not know this, but he was actually a theologian in England. He used to have, like, a radio show on the BBC and, and answer theological questions. This is what he said. He goes, it matters what we think about God, but listen to this, but it matters infinitely more what God thinks about us. You have to understand what God thinks about you. And God doesn't want you tethered to your past. And he doesn't want you carrying around all your wrong choices because it gets heavy and burdensome. He wants to make an exchange with you and to begin to change you. So exchange your past for his bright future. You know, to the degree that we can understand to do this is the degree that we can grow in 2024. If we can quickly say, God, I give you my past. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to try not to repeat it, but I'm going to give it to you. Then we can excel into our future. But if we're slow to let go of our past, we're slow to get into our future. And God's dream for you in 2024 is so much bigger than your failures. As a pastor for the last 30 plus years, I talked to people and the number one thing that takes people out is they wanna give up because they've screwed up. Honestly, they're like, I can't do this. Well, you're right, you can't do this. Why you have to make the exchange? I can't live a good life, it's trash. I'm gonna give it to you, God, and you're gonna give me a new life and you're gonna help me change. God's the one that has to help you change. You can't do it on your own, you hear that? The Bible is full of people Many of them you've heard of before, even if you've never maybe even been to church, but you've heard maybe some of their names, they had maybe really bad paths, some of them terrible paths, and yet they prayed, they repented, and God used them in their future. Like, how about Moses, right? Moses is the guy who led, we believe, around 3 million Israelites out of the land of Egypt that were enslaved and into the edge of the promised land over 40 years through the wilderness. Moses was a murderer. Read his story. He murdered somebody before he did any of that. He repented, and God used him to be one of the greatest leaders in all of history. Abraham, you know, Father Abraham, who had many sons, that Abraham, okay? Father Abraham, he had a promise from God and he got impatient. Like some of us get impatient, we pray a prayer and we're like, God's not answering the prayer. So we try to fix it in our own strength. And he did that and he tried to fix it and he screwed everything up and he repented. And yet God made him a father of a great nation. Noah, Noah in the boat, you know, the flood, Noah? Noah, he had a problem with alcohol, he got drunk. In fact, one time he got drunk and he woke up with no clothes on, all right? And, and this is like a TMZ moment. And, and so here's the thing, he, he gets drunk and yet God used him to save all humankind. Jonah ran, like Jonah and the whale, you know that Jonah? Jonah ran from God's instruction. God asked him to do something and he was like, I don't wanna do it. Some of us in here, God's asked you to do something or to not do something. You want to blow him off. Well, Jonah did that. He's like, run. He's like, I'm not going to do it. And he found himself in a whale. And then he repented. And he said, I'm wrong. I'll do it, God. I'll do what you want me to do. And God used him to save an entire city. Samson. Samson had a problem with the ladies, all right? He really did. He was seduced by this this woman and and she was not a good person. And and he took it hook, line and sinker. and, And guess what? It got him in a lot of trouble what did he do? He repented and God supernaturally used him to defeat the enemy. Jacob, a guy by the name of Jacob in the Old Testament, he was a deceiver. He lied and deceived all this time. And later on in his life, he, he turned things around. He said, I'm sorry. And God made him a patriarch of the faith. Even Jesus in the book of Matthew in the New Testament says that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus mentions Jacob identifying to God, in other words, That's crazy if you think about it. David, King David, committed adultery and had somebody murdered and yet repented and became the greatest king in all of Israel's history. Solomon was a polygamist. And he backslid and started to follow pagan gods and yet repented and God used him to prosper a nation. Elijah was a prophet who got depressed. He was used by God and then he got in his head and when he got in his head, guess what happened? He began to become depressed and he wanted to die and then he repented and God used him. He's one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Rahab was a prostitute, you heard me. Rahab was a prostitute and God used her to win a key battle or help a key battle that the Israelites were battling. She helped win that battle. The apostle Peter was a coward and a liar, denied even knowing Jesus. And yet, when he repented, Jesus said, you are gonna be one that starts what we now call the church. Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, in fact, we read a couple of the verses that he wrote, he had hatred in his heart. He was an evil person. He was cruel, like just mean, like really mean. And he repented, and God used him to plant churches all over the known world. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Isn't that true? You hear that? You hear that, and you're like, well, maybe I'm not so bad. Listen, I didn't say that these people didn't have to live with some consequences and didn't have to live with the circumstances that their wrong choices created. What I am saying is this, is God didn't allow these failures to keep them down. Do you hear that? In fact, I would say it this way, God doesn't consult your past to determine your future. And neither should you. Don't consult your past to determine the future that God has for you. So as we close, what exchange, what exchange do you need to make? What's in your trash can of decisions of your past? Here's a cycle that I think you and I live often. We fail, we have to repent, and we move forward. We fail and we go, God, forgive me, I'm bringing you my trash, I'm bringing you all the garbage. And God says, I will gladly take that because my son Jesus died on the cross and You are forgiven for that sin. And in exchange, I'm going to give you another start. I'm going to give you new grace, new mercy, forgiveness. We exchange our wrong choices for God's better future. So what do you need to exchange today? If you didn't mind, can you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? I'm going to have us close a little bit differently than sometimes we do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but... The prayer needs to be kind of like the blank needs to be filled in from you. Because what I'm going to do is this. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, you know, repeat after me this prayer. And I'm going to say basically, Jesus, please forgive me for. And I'm going to stop. And you need to tell Jesus what you need forgiveness for. And you don't have to say it out loud. In fact, I prefer you not say it out loud. All right? I prefer you just whisper it to him. He hears you. What is it that you need to exchange and help God begin to change? What is it that you're tethered to in the past that you're like, I need to sever this so that I can move forward through the door of God's future? What is it? God's listening. And listen, don't be ashamed of it. He already knows about it. You're you're not telling him something he doesn't know or something new. You're basically admitting what he already knows and he can't wait to make the exchange, taking your wrong and giving you instead his right, his forgiveness, his restart. All right, with heads bowed and eyes closed, can you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask for forgiveness for, now you say it, what is it? Pride? Selfishness? Hatred? Wrong choice, lack of faith, lying, whatever it is, He's listening. Jesus, in this sacred and solemn moment, this is what I know as we have just repented, whatever it is that is holding us back, whatever's in our trash can. Lord, you have now forgiven that. Thank you for your forgiveness because of Jesus on the cross. Thank you that there is no sin more powerful than the cross. Thank you that our sin record is now wiped clean. Thank you that now in this exchange we're going to begin to change. And that you're going to give us a new start. So today, today is our new start. And we may need another one tomorrow. We might need another one the day after that. But God, we are going to continue to bring you our trashy decisions, our wrong decisions. And Lord, we are going to believe that little by little you're going to change us. But in the meantime, you will forgive us. And you're no longer going to hold our sin against us like it talks about in Corinthians. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the power of your exchange. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Can we give God praise?